Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to Dallas Ryan about her novels. After today, you will have heard about writing from a young age, prioritizing where to put the money you do have when starting out, what to do about reviews, learning the language of books, and dealing with family and friends reading your books. Unbroken, book two of the Gladewater series. Once charmed by a small town girl, a big city doctor doesn't stand a chance. Attraction sizzles hotter than a skillet. But trouble from his past could put their love and her life at risk. Cafe owner Maggie Wade has a magic touch when it comes to her business and caring for her friends. Her own love life? That's where she falters, thanks to an incident long ago that shattered her self-image. Then Dr. Zane Savage comes to town. The handsome Dallas neurologist can't seem to take his warm whiskey eyes off her. Their attraction sizzles. But Maggie's been burned before. Ever since, she's kept her heart away from all sources of heat. Zane existed on a steady diet of Barbie doll types. Plastic, temporary, disposable. Until he meets Maggie. One taste of her sweet smile. Sparkling brown eyes and warm personality. And he's a goner. So what if he's been a player in the past? Maggie makes him want to be a better man. Despite the distance between them, their relationship takes flight, and Maggie's newfound confidence soars. But when a piece of trash from Zane's past blows back into his life and refuses to be shaken off, the strain puts more than Maggie's trust at risk. It puts her life in danger. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I look at it, and I'm all for, and I tell when my... uh, I had people beta reading for me mm-hmm. um, for this new book, and which is a whole nother, there's a whole nother lexicon that you have to learn mm-hmm. when you start writing. Because I didn't, when I wrote my first book, I didn't know any of this thing. I didn't know, never heard of an arc reader, a beta reader. You know, I didn't know what developmental editing was. So I started getting some. I didn't I know until did, TikTok. Know any other. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know how to do a TikTok. I didn't know how to do Instagram. I mean, I didn't know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a huge learning curve, mm-hmm. you know. So, but I always tell my betas, I'm like, okay, don't just tell me it's wonderful and that you love it. If something is not working, that information is just or more helpful than you just telling me you love it and fixing yeah. the typos you know, that come through it. Because if you don't like it, you're the reader. If yeah. you don't like it, why don't you like it? And I may or may not change it. Yeah, you know, maybe because something else is coming up that they don't know about, so it's got to be there. Yeah. But it may be something, oh, you know, you're right. That sounds kind of weird that they want to reword that or 
Well, there's a difference between one person having a problem with it and everybody saying this is a problem or, you know, a large majority doesn't have to be everybody, but um, that's obviously different. Several of them come up saying, yeah, you look at it and go, okay. Yeah. One person says it's probably just opinion. Yeah. I look at it and go, yeah, or nay. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you do to help sell your books? Like what is your promotion process look like? Or not necessarily the process, Um, but what do you do? (laughs) Yeah, mostly I'm on, I have a Facebook page, Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't find that to be as, as productive as Instagram. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying also to move into TikTok. to advertise mm-hmm. um, and YouTube that seems to be and you I just opened, yeah I just started a YouTube channel which has two, two things on it so everybody go check them and like them and subscribe um, <laughs> so we get so I'm trying to learn all these you know I learn it all I mean because every one of them is different and how you mm-hmm. create you know create content um, for it right um, and so it takes a lot of time and it's I resisted I mean they pulled me kicking and screaming to TikTok because I love TikTok, you know, I love watching TikTok, but mm-hmm. I was like, doing oh, it yourself. I don't know how to do it. How to figure out how to do this? I don't know how to do it. And so, but they're like, no, you have to come on, you know, you got to get on. I'm like, okay. So now it's kind of fun. Um, but after a while, I've got to come up with new, try to come up with new things. Yeah. You know, um, and not be just the same old thing every time. Uh, but the music helps. I like figuring out the music to go with whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So that's the fun part of TikTok. I think I've um, done all of one music thing. <laughs> Mine are typically just me I, talking. I do it on Canva. Yeah. See, and I haven't done any of me on TikTok yet. Mm-hmm. And my, my actual face, I'm resisting that because I just for professional purposes for mm-hmm. my other job. Yeah. Um, I don't want clients that I don't want to know that because I write or pen. Um, so yeah. I don't want clients to see my face on TikTok and go, oh, she writes smut. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> why I don't it. narrate under my name. For um, <laughs> some of them. Okay, so you're doing yeah. <laughs> Instagram, TikTok mostly. And how are those, do they, do you seem to have figured it out so far or still trying different things to figure it out? Um, you know, it's getting there. The Instagram, I've got over a thousand followers now, so that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's figuring out the hashtags and I've got, I built up a pretty good base on Instagram. Um, I've met a lot of good people there. Mm-hmm. Like all my get all my arc readers and my beta readers, you know, off of um, off of Instagram and built up a, a group of people from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and met some great authors too. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I found on Instagram with indie authors is everybody that I've met so far, I haven't met once not been like this. Um, have been so supportive and helpful. And you'll mm-hmm. be in a group and go, "How do you do that?" You know, I don't know how to do that. And they're like, okay, this is how you do it. And they're just willing to do anything, um, you know, to help you out from wherever wherever you are. Even yeah. It sounds like a stupid question that you should have known before you started. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. You just start writing. And think, I'm just going to write a book. And then you don't realize that you know, 
90% of writing the book, marketing the book. Yeah. Nice and supportive and helpful. The writing is the easy part. (laughs) Exactly. The writing is the easy part. Never would have thought that. But yeah, so in TikTok, you know, it's just a matter of getting, you can't, um, I think it's a thousand people you have to have, which Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you got your thousand. Thank you. I did my first live um, this morning. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you can't monetize until you hit the thousand, or you can't do a group. No, monetize. Yeah. I think you have or to have anything. like ten or fifteen thousand. It's like a lot, a lot bigger. Um, There's something I think maybe it was a group thing you couldn't do until you hit a thousand because somebody was going to do something, ask me if I wanted to do it with them, and I couldn't because I didn't have a thousand. It's the lives. Oh, because the, the lives you see yeah, some people lives. do group lives you can't if you can't live at all you can't yeah, group live either that. so um yeah I had this yeah. morning I had it That's was like do you want to join so-and-so's live and I'm like no I don't <laughs> I don't know who that is <laughs> I get a lot of those and I'm like no I also got tagged in a voiceover oh, yeah, video, that, and I'm like, voiceover doesn't apply. Like that's that's a different ball game. I don't play that game. I play the narration game. <laughs> so I yeah, so who we don't know what, yeah. what the differences are sometimes. But yeah, so that's you know it's all such a big learning curve. Yeah. Uh, um, so with every book, you get a little better, and yes. hope that people you know they're new to seeing your net your latest book will go back pick up your the previous book right so do you have but, any uh, tips or tricks or advice for anyone just getting started out well the biggest one i've already said is just write it keep mm-hmm. writing no matter what mm-hmm. um and two i mean you really have to think about marketing before you're even done with the book right um so so if you can get a cover done decide on your cover early Mm-hmm. Um, you can do things with that, ramping up to your what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, do lots of teasers, work in progress things. You know, mm-hmm. I try to throw out like little paragraphs or dialogues of whatever I'm working on every once in a while mm-hmm. um, to get people interested in you know what's coming up. Um, despite other than just you know cramming the ones you've already got out down their throats, right? <laughs> What you have to do, right? Um, but and yet it got to be consistent. You know, if you throw one thing up there, um, and then don't come back for three weeks, you're they not going to build a following are. that way. Yeah. yeah. And um, you've got to build that following and answer everybody. I mean, I don't. I've only heard of a couple people this has happened to, but I just floors me. Um, like somebody will reach out and. DM or something and about your book or make some comment or, or always answer. I answer everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like I'm overwhelmed things right now, but, but I do because it makes a difference because these people are taking the time to read your book. Right. And, you know, depending on how fast you read, that may take a week or more for them to get through, you know, mm-hmm. something that you wrote. So be appreciative, you know. The only the ones I delete are the spammy ones. <laughs> I don't answer those. Yeah. <laughs> like I just got one that was like, yeah, no, I don't, I've got, your page... I don't answer those either. Yeah, yeah. I just got one. Your Patreon doesn't accept Bitcoin. Oh, so... okay. <laughs> <laughs> I accept other forms of payment. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm guessing there's, there's some scam with Bitcoin and Patreons. I don't know. 
I don't. Probably. And I get people that, oh, we'd, I'd love to review your book. And my first thing now is how much? Yeah. Because and I'm like, I'm not paying for reviews at this point. Yeah, you I get know, that I'm for just... podcasts, too. They're like, promote it on this one. And then you message yeah. that one. And it's like, oh, we charge, just... you know, whatever for yeah, whatever. however many and I'm days. Like, no. like, I'm not doing that at this point. I've got enough people that are willing to read it and review it for free. Yeah, for podcasts, um, I advertise on Facebook. Well, it does. Facebook does Facebook and Instagram and Messenger, like all those three places. So I have it set for like, I'm not going to spend a fortune. I have like $5 a day set. I have two different podcasts, $5 a day a piece. And that's it. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't do right? anything it else. It breaks up fast. Yeah. You, know, you do it. I've learned through doing Facebook ads. Yeah. So I'm sure when yeah. I eventually do release, I'll Even put more money into my own books but for podcasts i'm like right. you, you know right. i don't i don't know how many people are listening off that anyways so <laughs> you can yeah i mean you can only do what you can do and there's you know limited funds you have to and that's another thing when you're getting ready to market is look at what's going to give you the most bang for your buck mm-hmm. now if you're really if you are really funny and you're out there and you don't mind being on tiktok and you can do funny tiktoks and to promote your book mm-hmm. um like what is it it's diana Dungle, i think her name is she does the smut hood you know she's really she's hilarious and oh, dougal diane dougal, dougal is yeah, last name diane i don't dougal. remember the i don't think the first name is diane is it diane or is it she always has the smut shirts yeah the smut hood shirt yeah yeah which is great and you know if you're that person yeah Put your time into TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, if you like to do your own reviews and, you know, build that book community, you know, Instagram is a great place to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you just have to decide what you're most comfortable with and what's going to take, because it takes up a huge chunks of time Yeah, um, to do the marketing part of it. Uh, but you have to do it because you want people to read your book. Right. You don't, you won't get readers. Well, you'll get very, very few readers of people just scrolling through that stumble across it. (laughs) Yeah. I still haven't mastered hashtags. I don't know what I'm I'm making stuff up as I go with the hashtag thing. I actually found a, um, it's a hashtag generator. So you'll put in like, say like book, romance, and like, you know, you'll put in like a few and then it'll give you recommendations on like, here's similar ones that. that people use. Um, and it's like a website. And so I just have it bookmarked on my phone so that I can just like click on it and Seriously, put it you in. You need to send me that because I need that. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up as I go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, I found that uh, last year sometime. And so that's what I use now for like, you know, every podcast episode that I do, I'll yeah. do, you know, relevant hashtags. Um, and it's specific to Instagram. So like it's pulling from Instagram stuff that's working um but yeah so that that works well and you can say you know if you have like your own that you've made up like say you have your name as a hashtag that you use you can say oh i only need 29 instead of 30 and it does it for you or you can go through and take out i've had to take out some that like you'll put in romance and you'll get these like really weird ones that have nothing to do with what you're doing so i need to manually adjust what hashtags you're giving (laughs) me (laughs) Yeah, I gotta read them. So don't just take all of them. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. A friend of mine, another author friend of mine came up with the one um, Hallmark After Dark. 
because you know hallmark you can't put any sex you know in the hall if you're writing yeah it's all clean you're lucky if you get kissing it's all clean clean yeah and um so somebody um said that her that her books were like hallmark after dark and i'm like that's that's a great because it's small town we both write small town romance you know but it's got stuff in there definitely not clean but it's got stuff in there so we're like hallmark after dark that's brilliant so we're trying to make that (laughs) It's like back in the day, or probably not back in the, I haven't had cable in forever, but the Cartoon Network would do the Adult Swim or whatever at night, yeah. where it was, you know, the, the ones that the not kid-approved, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. So it's like that, Hallmark after, I like that, that's a good, good hashtag. Yeah. But yeah, so you I could know, add that. Brilliant, You could add that into your, your thing. Now, some hashtags I'll put in there, like, what is it? narrator i don't think it recognizes narrator as like a valid hashtag so i always have to like add a few narrator hashtags on there but um for the most part it does a good job of giving valid recommendations that help it get to more people well anything helps i tell you yeah (laughs) oh yeah i max those out every time 30 well every like big one like book related one i always make sure i max it out for you know max engagement (laughs) yeah well, that's what you need, you know, because you're always wanting to pick up new people mm-hmm. that are relevant. Yes. Um, that are not just trying to date you on on Instagram. Oh, like, hey, beautiful. Hey. How are you? Yeah. Or, or if you ever give us a hello, dear. Okay. Automatic no. <laughs> I had one no, comment on one of my TikTok videos, and I, it was some, like, super smarmy like comment on my thing and I, I commented back and I was like that's funny you don't look like my husband because like that's the only person that should be saying that kind of stuff to me and then I don't right. remember he commented back and I'm like dude I'm not interested like this is not gonna happen yes, take the hint yeah not even not even that is another reason for creating pseudonyms so I have like you know my real life that I have to be yeah. like, you know, professional and all of this and have background checks run occasionally. And then I have my two pseudonyms yeah. that I use that are like, one is the nicer, the public domain books and the nonfiction and the Christian fiction. And then there's the Freya Victoria that's all the, <laughs> the spicy else. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I kid with the author, the first spicy book author that I got, I, I kid with her that like, she's the reason that this, this name had to come into being because she's like... <laughs> But I have a, she said she has a, um, what did she say? Fifty Shades of Grey like book, like inspired by or like that type of content. And she is like, is that going to be okay? And I'm like, we're going to create a different name so we can have all of your stuff under the same name. Same name. (laughs) Can't do that. I know. Some of it you're just like, okay. Yeah, I've got a couple of things working that's up there. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'll have to have another different name for that one. Yeah. Well, and a lot of authors do, I don't, I don't intend to have like all of my stuff will be spicy. So we're just going to throw it all under Freya Victoria and call it a day. Um, and as long as none of my family ever helped me move and see the books in my house, (laughs) we're good. (laughs) Otherwise. Relatives (laughs) read, I had relatives, um, buy my first book and. Uh, especially one my uncle he's like in his 80s um bought it and I was like okay one the bad guy the bad guy in the first book is his name (laughs) 
And I said, one, tell him. It's not on him. It's not based on him. I just used the thing. Don't panic. And two, apparently he didn't fit. I was told he didn't finish reading it because it wasn't his cup of tea. And I was like, well, I could have told him that to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for buying it anyway. Um, But yeah, pass it on to somebody that's going to enjoy it. I'll have no trouble with that. But it was funny. I was like, oh, and my, and my kid, my kids who are, well, one of them is grown. And I can't get her to read it for nothing. And um, she's yeah, like, my mom's like, I can't read it. <laughs> and my husband won't even read it. My husband has still hasn't read my book. Hasn't read them yet. I'm like, fine. My husband has listened to the one. Yeah, my husband has listened to the one audiobook, and there's no spicy content in that book. But the one, because I begged him, like, I need someone else to listen to this besides me. So, and then he listened to the first one and then he didn't listen to the next two. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, whatever. (laughs) I know. It's like, it's the funniest. Your your family, the ones you think would be like all over the place. Like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I don't intend to tell. My mom and my sister and my best friend know. Nobody else knows. Like, they don't know what name I use. They know that I narrate audiobooks, but they don't know what name I narrate under so they can't oh my sister-in-law knows um because my sister-in-law was like hey I want to know and I'm like cool don't tell your parents just like okay cool (laughs) and so I'm I'm like you know just know that I do some spicy books I had done a couple erotica ones at that point and I'm like just make sure you read the blurbs because I'm not going to be held responsible if you accidentally (laughs) if you accidentally get an erotica and you freak out um, so the first book that she gets is literally the dirtiest book that I have narrated. And I'm like, <laughs> did you read the blurb? Thank She's you. like, you did good. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, how about I didn't write it? I just read it. Yeah. Like, but Well, that's a, you know, it's because you never know. But I have, it's funny because we have um, every year we have a beach trip that we go on with some girlfriends mm-hmm. and I go on. Um, and so this year I took both books. There's a lot I wonder, so they weren't passed around. So that was fun because we got to discuss, everybody got to discuss their favorite scenes out of, you know, which book. And I get the eyebrow raising, you know, they're reading something. I'm like, what scene are you reading? (laughs) I had my best friend Alpha reading for me and she reads, she says spicy books, but clearly based on what I'm writing, she reads very mild books because she gets to like, you know, they finally do it for the first time. And she sends me this meme that's like someone fanning herself. And I'm like, well, I can tell where you're at in the book. <laughs> and she's like, I've never read anything like that. I'm like, yeah, maybe Wait, we really? need to like ease you into it. Into something else first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we need, we need a scale. What's the worst that you've read? And she tells me and I'm like, oh, my God. God no, okay. that's not that's even not bad at all. Close. <laughs> I know. I I'm know, like, like I'm over first... here reading like Sierra Simone and Oh my goodness, <laughs> like... yeah. It's I'm yeah, like you cannot handle We're not Sierra on the Simone. same plane. <laughs> exactly. I'm not on the Sierra Simone plane yet, but you know, we're trying. I don't yeah, know. I've out. never read anything else like I don't even know who else is up. I read that uh, based on um Deirdre. Is it Deirdre on TikTok? The lady with the curly gray hair. 
or the wavy gray yeah. hair. Um, yeah, yeah. She she had recommended or was like talking about one of the books. And then there was this other lady that like went on a long car trip and asked for recommendations and talked about the priest series. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going to on audio. Yeah. We're like, I'm going to get it and I'm going to read it. And so I did and was like, I've never read anything like that before. <laughs> so I don't know who else writes like that. But um, yeah, plenty of people. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she's very good. I listened to all hers on audiobooks. It was like, oh, okay. In the car. I need to go get a drink now. <laughs> but yeah, it's so funny. And I'm, I'm in awe because, um, cause you know, I can remember when I was writing Collide, mm-hmm. I got to, it was a pretty slow burn kind of book because they're, it's a second chance saying they were high school sweethearts. They mm-hmm. get back up as adults and have to get over a bunch of history yeah before anything happened so I got to my first sex scene and that was the hardest scene I've ever written anywhere ever mm-hmm. I had to rewrite that first thing I got to my editor I was so proud of it the first time I got I was like oh my god I got through this thing it sounds pretty good I'm happy you know she reads <laughs> it and she's like no way too cliche blah 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 <laughs> then you go through and rewrite it and it's just like torture rewriting this thing. So I finally got, I'm happy with how it came out finally. But I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? You don't love that scene. I have to rewrite it again. <laughs> so I rewrote that thing like five times before what ended up in the book, you know, to, to get it right. I was like, oh. And now the second book, um, Unbroken, now they're just, they meet up, they're a new couple. Mm-hmm. So they get into things a little bit faster. Yeah. So that was a little bit easier. Once you get going, you know, it gets a little easier to do. But yeah. That first one, man. I'll well, never the more you do like it, too. Two. Yeah. You yeah, remember the first? My, the third book, the first chapter <laughs> is basically, one, you know, so get, he is get started in the first chapter. So, yeah, it builds. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it's a little bit weird, like, when you're, when I'm reading for a narration, so, like, I I do spicy books, and so, like, not all, but some, and it's, like, it's more clinical when you're, like, reading for, through it for a narration, because you're, like, how, how am I going to do this to make it come across believable? Right. Um, but as far as, like, having to redo it, I did, um, yesterday, I did the big, like, main character, dot, like, the big saddest main character dying scene and I send it to the author and I say I'm very proud of the way this came out so you're not allowed to poo poo on it because like (laughs) I don't want to redo it it came out exactly how it was in my head (laughs) Uh, and tears there were actual like I got to the page with that on it and I was like already tears were coming because I'm like I know it's coming oh no I know it's coming yeah I don't want I don't want to write people dying sad that's one thing I, why I like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, getting in the romance genre because I want your happily ever after. Yeah, you know, no, I, I mean, I want red romance through that the they thing, die. but I don't. Well, Nicholas Sparks, everybody dies. <laughs> He's I mean, super mild. Okay, he doesn't count. <laughs> no, we have this, but yeah, but we have this conversation all the time about Nicholas Sparks in the in the romance community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, he's not a romance author because somebody is not a happy ever after. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ever somebody always dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's true. Somebody always dies because what's up with that? Now, the one thing that I do say he does well because there are a lot of like men that write sex scenes that do it, and you're just like, Ew. Cringe, he yeah, he yeah. does do those well. Like mm-hmm. it it is not cringy the way that he does those. But yeah, and it he is does always all sad. the feels. You know. Just, yeah sweeps you up in it which is a good thing but yeah I'm like I don't want them to die at the end 
quit making them die. And they don't have to. Now, I read, I don't remember who the author was. I read one where it was like she was in this weird triangle. Like she loved two guys, but like she really wanted to be with the one guy. And like it was this whole weird thing. But then like the one guy ends up dying and then she ends up with the other guy. And it was like, oh, this is why I've been like, you know, torn between these two guys this whole time. It, it was a weird way to end it, but it did yeah, end up like, happy. It was just not the happy you thought was coming. Happy expected was coming, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my editor got on, on me a little bit, the second book, because I it kind of ends a little bit cheesy, but I did it that way on purpose. I did it purposely cheesy. You know, yeah. I wanted something just kind of fun at the end because mm-hmm. um, there had been a lot of drama, dark drama. There. I kind of like to do the dark drama built in, in, okay. in between the, the pretty yeah part to give it some more interest but um so yeah so he had the the drama there at the end so I wanted something really light and fun at the end she's like okay this is really cheesy but if you're going for cheesy that's fine yeah (laughs) I was going for cheesy (laughs) yeah and that's I mean at the end of the day in most romances you know they meet guy gets the girl girl gets the guy whichever way you want to look at it it's uh, the difference is how they get from point A to point Z. Like, how? Point what B. was the journey right. throughout the whole thing? Like, what was the big conflict that tore them apart in the middle of the book? What was the, you know, what did the family think the first time? Did they all love them immediately? Or was it, you know, some big, oh, my God, why did you bring her here moment? Like, right. you know, it's the, the journey is different in every book. And if, if the journey is not different, that means you're copying someone else and shame on you. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, and they are similar because I, it's funny because I was I took an online class the other night on um, things that have to be in a romance novel because mm-hmm. um, I thought it would be interesting, and so I took it and I was like writing notes and everything and I was like, oh, okay, I did that. Cool, I did that. <laughs> oh, good, I did all these things that I didn't know I was doing them. But yay! <laughs> yeah, doing, doing it right. It's weird seeing when people break it down for you, thinking about, like, Mm -hmm. did I do that? I'm trying to think what I saw a – someone was breaking down something. Oh, they were talking about, like, prologues and, like, how to start your book and all of this. And it was like, don't do this because it's been too overdone. And I'm like, but it works. That's why it's overdone. The the books sell. That's that's the point of writing a book, not to be original completely – Follow the pattern that works and sells books. That's what I got a review just yesterday. What did it say? I was laughing about it with one of my author friends. Because um, it says something about it followed this romantic trope. And I'm going, yeah, that's kind of because it's a romance book. And that's what happened. You, you pick you a know? trope gave me- and you follow it. Oh, it yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the way it works, you know. I was, it, I was, it got a good review, but I was just, I thought that was funny. I'm like, okay, you're expecting not to have, know what, you know, kind of how it's gonna go along when you get in the book. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know what you're, what else you're reading, but romance <laughs> is a thing. It just kind of follow, follow the trope. Now, if you have it categorized in a different genre, and someone's not, you know. I yeah, don't know. You, you haven't categorized to something not romance, and then it ends up being a romance. That's poor category placement. But um, yeah. you know, if you pick up a romance, you should expect a romance out of that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I read. I just got finished reading one, and it was it was in romance. It's supposed to be a romance, 
and it was a clean romance, which is fine. A lot of people do those really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading, and the majority, and it's a very short book, and majority of the book was this woman's father is being threatened because he's a DA, and his father's being threatened, and there these people are coming after her and the family trying mm-hmm. to get him not to prosecute this guy. And it was interesting, you know, I don't, some of the things she didn't, one of those, you know, I've never picked up a gun thing, and she's writing about Navy SEALs, but okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but it wasn't, there was very little romance. To it, yeah. Know? And it was clean on top of that. So I'm like, okay, I don't think I would actually call this a romance book. Yeah, more action and adventure it, it sounds action, like. action adventure. Yeah. Yeah, something like that versus a romance. Mafia. Mafia is a, a category. Oh, yeah, that's a big category. <laughs> you get lots of virgin tropes in Mafia, too. I don't know. I haven't quite figured out, John. So the one will clearly be mythology, which is a subgenre of fantasy. The other one, yeah. I haven't quite figured out what genre that one's going to be. So it's whenever I get yeah, back in that headspace. I know, you have to figure it out. And then, and then Amazon, of course, has all the secret categories that you don't know about, that I didn't know about. So I got, what is it, um, Publisher Rocket? I think that's what it's called. But, uh, kind of an app that gives you, tells you you can go on and see where all these other people, what, where they're placed under what. And there's stuff like Southern fiction. There's Southern women's fiction. There's medical drama. There's you know, all these things you've never heard of. Oh. You know, because they, they let you pop up with like three of them. You can see yeah. contemporary romance. You know, women's fiction, women's literature, or something, yeah, chick, yeah. chick lit or whatever. But they don't give you all those. So I found like a whole giant list of things um, that which you, can you can also go in and add to. Yeah. Mm. Which you can add your books to, which is a trick through Amazon. Hmm. Um, Sounds like an yeah, annoying Amazon trick. Has, it is an annoying trick. And then they don't give you that list when you pull up your book to see where your rank is. Mm-hmm. You can only see the ranks that they decide to show you. Yeah. So I can be in 12 different categories, but I'm only going to see whatever. The top they three that, that they want to show you. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> who knows how the Zon works? And every time you try to think you figure it out, then you change it. So <laughs> That's how everything possible. works, though. When you, you get it figured out and they change the algorithm and you're like, well, how do I do it now? I don't know. Now. I know. I just learned how to do that. You're messing it up. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just... Like my my approach to tick, well, my approach to all social media, I should say, is I'm just going to be me and either people mm-hmm. are going to like that and follow me or people are not going to like that and not follow me. Like at the end of the day, like I, I don't yeah. have the time to learn how to do something else. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like, but it's really frustrating because they do, they change the algorithms or something or they change how many hashtags you can use or they change, mm-hmm. you know, what, and you're going, okay. I don't have a full-time social SEO person yeah. to keep this up for me, you know? So I just got to kind of float along, do what I do and hope it works. Just like, wait till I get an alert <laughs> saying you're works. doing it wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody to tell me we should do this now. Okay. Let's try that. I'll see that when I go. Well, and some of those, I don't know to believe them or not. Cause like some, I feel like they could just be trying to get you to do worse. <laughs> yeah. Than ever. Yeah. Yeah, you I just don't, don't know. But yeah, it's, it's always, like I said, it's a giant, the whole marketing thing is a giant learning curve that I just did not 
have any clue about or expect yeah. when I started writing. So how and did so you figure, to, did you like Google to figure it out or how did you end up figuring it mostly, out? Mostly, you know, once I got on, you know, you know the basics, you know, you got to be on a Facebook page, you know, you yeah. be on Instagram. So I start looking at other people's stuff and seeing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I got into some groups and started meeting other authors and stuff, I'm like, hey, you know, I saw you did this. How did you do that? Mm-hmm. And they tell me how to do it or what what app they did it on or, you know, how mm. to make it happen. Um, so that's been the most helpful because I'll just be, you know, sorry, newbie question. Yeah. Newbie here. How do I do that? You know, what is that? And how do I do it? And where do I find it? Yeah. And then go figure it out. And that's been the biggest help. It's just other other authors helping you know helping you figure it so you must be in the helpful facebook groups because like i am i've heard some nightmare stories about (laughs) authors not being helpful you know and i and i'm really like i said i'm not on facebook that much i mean i'm in several groups but i don't i'm not in it much mostly are instagram groups Mm -hmm. um, that i've gotten through there Uh, especially there's a small town romance lover group Mm -hmm. um that i somehow got into I'm not even sure how I got into it to begin with but I'm so glad I did <laughs> I met some really great people and helpful people through there that write you know the subjects we're doing um you know countdowns to release we're doing pre you know arc reading um mm-hmm. you know we're making beta groups we're doing you know doing all these things the first book but I had no idea um, but it just takes time. You know, you can't learn it overnight. You're not going to. Um, and you can just do what you can do. when There's only so many hours in a day. Right. So, uh, and even I've heard, uh, even the people that are traditionally published these days have to do a lot of their own stuff too. Yeah. Um, I've heard that they're, it's not like it used to be where the, the publisher sends you out on a book tour, you know, um, yeah. pays for everything and, I'm not, you know, Sandra Bullock in Lost City, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they don't send you out in the the sparkly jumpsuit to, to market your book and pay for everything. And you have a publicist that, you know, even, even now, you know, even if you're a traditionally published author, they're not spending the money and the time to do that for you unless you're somebody famous. Yeah. Unless you're already big. Right. Unless you're already big. You know, if you're Diana Gabaldon, who I'm a total fan girl over, same. Um, they're gonna <laughs> love. I mean, I met her once. She's like the most the most famous person I've ever met. And I met her once in Richmond at a book thing they have every year there. Yeah. She was getting some award and giving a talk, and um, I went in there and saw her standing there, and I literally teared up. I thought I wasn't gonna be able to speak. I was like, oh my gosh, it's her. You know, I've read these books for 20 years and there she yeah. is. It's herself, you know. Um, so yeah, I was a big dork. Um, but <laughs> but she was she was so gracious and so nice. Um but yeah, so that's that's who I want to be when I grow up someday. But but not write thousand dollar thousand word books that take ten years between books to come out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my only so I I didn't get into it until the show was a couple seasons in, and then I watched the show and had to buy the books to see how the books. Yeah, don't even to the get show. me started on the show. And so, like, <laughs> I, I pretty much treat every, and this is for every single book to movie to TV show. I just treat them as separate entities, um, 
and then I don't get mad. Uh <laughs> so hard though when you've been reading something for a long time and you know you read it multiple times. Yeah. We have huge discussions over okay, that didn't happen. Why is he still alive? Um, he died the first book. Why is he there? That didn't happen. Why is she being such a bitch? <laughs> yeah, I just because I usually come across the TV show or the movie first. So then I'm always like, let me read the book to see how it compares to what I've already seen. <laughs> so right. that's now I haven't gotten through the bees because I like plow. So this was last Christmas before last is when I got all the books. And so like yeah. I read through them, but those are big books. So it took me a long time to read. And you through always them. have to reread them and because you miss stuff. every Well, time. then bees came out and I haven't gotten through bees yet because I had just plowed through the other eight books. I'm like, I need a break. (laughs) I'm still on a break. (laughs) And now I'm listening to something is coming out. But the trick is when you know something is coming out, kind of when she's going to have the next one out, you go back and start rereading the one before. Yeah. So I read the eight before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I read the eight before at one time. Overload. And now I'm listening that through the good. audiobooks because it's like one of the top rated audiobooks of oh, all time she is or whatever. Amazing. I got to meet her at that event too, Davina Porter. Yeah. Um, she's just amazing. Yes, I'm listening and, through um, book one right now. But um yeah. yeah, so I'm listening through the audiobooks and I hopefully I'll get through them all. I'm listening through on scribed, so sometimes the books get pulled down before I finish them. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Cause they just went up at the beginning of the month. So I might get lucky, but, um, they're like 30 yeah, hour I books. Think I have them, yeah. I think I have them all on, um, audible somewhere, um, that I just hold on to. So I get in, I get in the mood. Yeah. I, listen, I, I started listening to them when they were all on CD. Oh yeah. And we had to put CD, CDs in the car, you know? Yeah. I started Harry Potter that way. I was delivery yeah, driving forever. at the time and my car had the CD player in it. So I would yes. buy, you know, with my tip money from delivery driving, I would buy the next book and I would listen to that while I drove. <laughs> oh, I know. And I, she's just, she's a very, she's a wonderful person too. She was there and very nice. Um, but yeah, I just love listening to anything. She, I mean, she reads, I don't know. I don't even know what else she narrates. I've Other things. <laughs> I'm sure know. she does, but I've only ever heard her reading Outlander. I've gone and looked it up. But I love her. She's one that I don't think about too much. The only thing that bothers me is her American accent. She does not do a good American accent. Uh, yeah. the one the one char- the one main character is from Boston. Brianna, yeah, yeah, is from Boston and and supposed to have a Boston accent. And I'm like, no, I love Davina, but no, that's not, <laughs> not full enough. Everything else. The men, the women, all over different, you know, yeah, things she does. But that one thing. Well, I need to get off. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fine, no problem. But I wanted to say mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on here, and thank what you for having me. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. No problem. You have a good rest of your Saturday. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. As she got older, Dallas liked Mulan, which she read with her kids, because she was such a strong person. Hua Mulan is a legendary folk heroine from the Northern and Southern Dynasties era, 4th to 6th century CE of Chinese history. According to legend, Mulan took her aged father's place in the conscription for the army by disguising herself as a man. 
In the story, after prolonged and distinguished military service against nomadic hordes, beyond the northern frontier, Mulan is honored by the emperor, but declines a position of high office. She retires to her hometown, where she is reunited with her family and reveals her gender, much to the astonishment of her comrades. Scholars generally consider Mulan to be a fictional character, while Mulan is depicted in the Wushuang Pu by Jiang Juliang. Today we'll be reading The Homecoming, a story featuring another strong female, Athena. Don't forget, we're reading La Morte d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Homecoming Now all these twenty years in the island of Ithaca, Penelope had watched for her husband's return, at first with high hopes, and then in doubt and sorrow. When news of the great war came by some traveler, she had waited, eager and constant as a young bride. But now the war was long past. Her young son Timachus had come to manhood, and as for Odysseus, she knew not whether he was alive or dead. For years there had been trouble in Ithaca. It was left a kingdom without a king, and Penelope was fair and wise. So suitors came from all the islands round about to beg her hand in marriage. Since many loved the queen, and as many more loved her possessions, and desired to rule over them. Moreover, everyone thought or said that King Odysseus must be dead. Neither Penelope nor her aged father-in-law Laertes could rid the place of these troublesome suitors. Some were nobles, and some were adventurers, but they all thronged the palace like a pest of crickets, and devoured the wealth of the kingdom with feasts in honor of Penelope and themselves and everybody else, and they besought the queen to choose a husband from their number. For a long time she would hear none of this, but they grew so clamorous in their suit that she had to put them off with craft, for she saw there would be danger to her country and her son and herself— unless Odysseus came home some day and turned the suitors out of doors. She therefore spoke them fair, and gave them some hope of her marriage to make peace. Ye princely wooers, she said, now I believe that the king Odysseus, my husband, must long since have perished in a strange land, and I have bethought me once more of marriage. Have patience, therefore, till I shall have finished the web that I am weaving, for it is a royal shroud that I must make against the day that Laertes must die, the father of my lord and husband. This is the way of my people." said she, and when the web is done, I will choose another king for Ithaca. She had set up in the hall a great loom, and day by day she wrought there at the web, for she was a marvelous spinner, patient as Arachne, but dear to Athena. All day long she would weave, but every night in secret she would unravel what she had wrought in the daytime, so that the web might never be done." For although she believed her dear husband to be dead, yet her hope would put forth buds again and again, just as spring, that seems to die each year, will come again. So she ever looked to see Odysseus coming. Three years and more she held off the suitors with this while, and they never perceived it, for being men they knew nothing of women's handicraft. It was all alike a marvel to them, both the beauty of the web and this endless toil in the making— as for Penelope, 
All day long she wove, but at night she would unravel her work and weep bitterly because she had another web to weave and another day to watch. All for nothing, since Odysseus never came. In the fourth year, though, a faintless servant betrayed the secret to the wooers, and there came an end to peace and the web too. Matters grew worse and worse, till Machis set out to find his father, and the poor queen was left without husband or son. But the suitors continued to live about the palace like so many princes, and to make merry on the wealth of Odysseus, while he was being driven from land to land and wreck to wreck. So it came true, that prophecy that in the herds of the sun were harmed. Odysseus should reach his home alone in evil plight to find sorrow in his own household. But in the end, he was to drive her forth. Now when Odysseus woke, he did not know his own country. Gone were the Phoenicians and their ship. Only the gifts beside him told him that he had not dreamed. While he looked about bewildered, Athena, in the guise of a young countryman, came to his aid and told him where he was. Then, smiling upon his amazement and joy, she shone forth in her own form and warned him not to hasten home, since the palace was filled with the insolent suitors of Penelope, whose heart waited empty for him as the nest for the bird. Moreover, Athena changed his shape into that of an aged pilgrim and led him to the hut of a certain swineherd, Eumaeus, his old and faithful servant. This man received the king kindly, taking him for a travel-worn wayfarer, and told him all the news of the palace and the suitors and the poor queen who was ever ready to hear the idle tales of any traveler, if he had aught to tell of King Odysseus. Now who should come to the hut at this time but the prince Telemachus, whom Athena had hastened safely home from his quest? Eumaeus received his young master with great joy, but the heart of Odysseus was nigh to bursting, for he had never seen his son since he left him, an infant for the Trojan War. When Eumaeus left them together, he made himself known, and for that moment Athena gave him back his kingly look so that Telemachus saw him with exultation and they too wept over each other for joy. By this time, news of her son's return had come to Penelope, and she was almost happy, not knowing that the suitors were plotting to kill Telemachus. Home he came, and he hastened to assure his mother that he had heard good news of Odysseus, though for the safety of all he did not tell her that Odysseus was in Ithaca. Meanwhile, Eumaeus and his aged pilgrim came to the city and the palace gates. They were talking to a goat herd there where an old hound that lay in the dust heap nearby pricked up his ears and stirred his tail feebly as at a well-known voice. He was the faithful Argus, named after a monster of many eyes that once served Juno as a watchman. Indeed, when the creature was slain, Juno had his eyes set in the feathers of her pet peacocks, and there they glisten to this day. But the end of this Argus was very different. Once the pride of the king's heart, he was now so old and infirm that he could barely move. But though his master had come home in the guise of a strange beggar, he knew the voice and he alone after twenty years. Odysseus, seeing him, could barely restrain his tears. But the poor old hound, as if he had lived but to welcome his master home, died that very same day. Into the palace hall went the swineherd and the pilgrim, among the suitors who were feasting there. Now how Odysseus begged a portion of meat and was shamefully insulted by these men. 
how he saw his own wife and hid his joy and sorrow, but told her news of himself as any beggar might. All these things are better sung than spoken. It is a long story. But the end was near. The suitors had demanded the queen's choice, and once more the constant Penelope tried to put it off. She took from her safe treasure chamber the great bow of Odysseus, and she promised that she would marry that one of the suitors who should send his arrow through twelve rings ranged in a line. All other weapons were taken away by the care of Telemachus. There was nothing but the great bow and quiver. And when all was ready, Penelope went away to her chamber to weep. But first of all, no one could string the bow. Suitor after suitor tried and failed. The sturdy wood stood unbent against the strongest. Last of all, Odysseus begged leave to try and was laughed to scorn. Telemachus, however, as if for courtesy's sake, gave him the bow, and the strange beggar bent it easily, adjusted the cord, and before any could stay his hand, he sped the arrow from the string. Singing with triumph, it flew straight through the twelve rings and quivered in the mark. Now for another mark, cried Odysseus in the king's own voice. He turned upon the most evil-hearted suitor. Another arrow hissed and struck, and the man fell pierced. Telemachus sprang to his father's side. Eumaeus stood by him, and the fighting was short and bitter. One by one they slew those insolent suitors, for the right was theirs, and Athena stood by them, and the time was come. Every one of the false-hearted wooers they laid low, and every corrupt servant in that house, then they made the place clean and fair again. But the old nurse Eurycleia hastened up to Queen Penelope, where she sat in fear and wonder, crying, Odysseus is returned! Come and see with thine own eyes! After twenty years of false tales, the poor queen could not believe her ears. She came down into the hall bewildered, and looked at the stranger as one walking in a dream. Even when Athena had given him back his youth and kingly looks, she stood in doubt, so that her own son reproached her and Odysseus was grieved in spirit. But when he drew near and called her by name, entreating her by all the tokens that she alone knew, her heart woke up and sang like a brook set free in spring. She knew him then for her husband Odysseus. Come home at last. Surely that was happiness enough to last them ever after. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week to hear A.K. Mulford's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear one of her favorite fairy tales.